Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this episode for the Human Element miniseries, we're joined by Chloe Mistagi, Vice President of Strategy at Point3 Security. We sat down at RSA to discuss hackers' rights, creating safe places in security, and advice for women in security. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. We're here with Chloe Mistagi. Say that correctly, right? Yes, you said that absolutely yes. perfectly. Yes. Congratulations. Just almost said an expletive <laughs> that wouldn't have been appropriate. <laughs> but I was very proud of myself for being able to read. It's a very important it is. task, apparently. It, illiteracy is a huge problem, <laughs> especially in the U.S. right now, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, again, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is a in, it's an insane week, and so thank you for taking the time oh, to sit down. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. It's it exciting. Pleasure. Good. I'm so glad. We are sitting in a a gray room. It's a very modern take on hotel, I would say. It's kind yeah. of dreary. It, but you know what? It's my favorite color. Maybe I'm oh. dreary. I don't know. No, but that's like, not dreary at all. It's so nice. Like, Is it soothing? It's soothing. That's good. Well, I'm glad it's soothing, yeah. you. Um, I'm just dying at sort of like the monochrome vibe. It's kind yeah. of funny. But... um. Anyway, um, I always like to start these on a really positive note because I think security is chock full of dark darkness, <laughs> dark webness. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> um, and I like to think about these events as sort of an opportunity for reflection. Okay, um, they take a lot of resources and time, so I like to sit down and think about okay, what what have we done well? What has changed since the last time we were sitting in these the same gray room in oh, yeah. 2019? Yeah, I mean. Uh... I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing RSA this year. I remember 2018 RSA, and that was actually the thing that made me want to leave InfoSec. Oh, man. Uh, you're in a room, and you're like 300 people in there, and there's like two other women in there with you, and you're like, please say you're not an assistant. Please say you're not an assistant. And they both were. And oh. then you walk out of the room, and like you see there's two restrooms. There's like a male's where there's a long line snaked all the way around. And then the women's restroom, there's like no line outside. I'm like, oh, maybe it's inside. Go inside. Not a single person in there. Yeah. And I was like, what is the point of me being here? But last year was a little bit different. I definitely saw a little bit more women, That's which good. weren't assistants. That's so good. I'm very happy. I was just at B-Sides before walking over here, and now I'm a much sweatier person than I was at that time, because <laughs> it is really hot here. Um, and there were more women than I was expecting, which is awesome. And actually, the first person I spoke to, Brie Hughes, was saying there was a line at the bathroom yes. at B-Sides. B-Sides SF was my first conference in InfoSec that I went to, and it was like right before that RSA situation. And it like... It was great though because I I love B sides like everything about it. It's low cost and everyone can pretty much attend it, and that's the thing I love because you see a lot more diverse folks because it's more affordable. Yeah, more accessible for yes. sure, which is awesome, and I love that they do couple it around these large, more unattainable events. Yeah, because you can still at least meet people and network because exactly. they overlap the perfect amount, which yeah. I love. So big shout out to B sides um, for that. And I'm curious then, the flip side of that coin, obviously, uh -huh. is what we've done a little better. <laughs> what are we still working on? Uh, well, I will be able to really notice the difference tomorrow um, with RSA. But besides, there's definitely more women. And it was funny. I actually had to wait for the restroom 
yesterday and I was like, we're standing in line and we're like giving high fives in the restroom because we're like, yes, there's an actual line. That means we're making progress. This is exciting. Um, that's the one thing I really like about it. Also, um, since Women Hackers came about in, in like end of May, um, I always find people from Women Hackers like, oh my God, Chloe, and uh, we're on Women Hackers. I'm a Women Hackers member. I'm like, yes, are you guys ready for the CTF tomorrow? Yeah. And I'm like, great. I love this energy. You have some, speaking of that, some really cool groups that you have started. And I want to make sure that we have a chance to talk about that. Oh, of course. And get the get the word out. So can yeah. you speak a little bit about sure. both groups? Or is um, it two or is it three? It's two at the okay. moment, too. Um, so at the moment, <laughs> what's going to happen next? There is something else that hasn't been announced until later Ooh. later in a few months. Um, but so WOSEC is uh, Women of Security. And how it came to existence, um, I would say, was that after that whole RSA thing in 2018, I actually uh, was going to leave InfoSec because I realized that there was no place for a woman here. And I was like, well, if there's no way I can climb a ladder here, no way that I can make an impact and I keep getting dismissed and I have to deal with like harassment and assaults, why am I here? Like, what are you doing to fix this problem? And so in mid-June of 2018, there's this uh, conference called Date of Security. It's a free conference to women. And there was like 200 women in the room. And I remember going home just being like, I, I'm going to fix this. Like, I, I'm not giving up. I'm going to fix this. And so I remember that like I got home and I worked until like noon drafting my very first talk on diversity and inclusion, but taking on the cognitive science uh, approach. So there's science um, behind it, some data as well. So people will accept it a little bit more versus like, it is all the men's fault. That's not how it works. Um, and so um, and so I basically stayed up. And then I also had some other ideas where I was like, I'm, I want to kind of have something like a space where we have a CTF for women as well. And because there's not too many women that participate in CTF. So I want to do something about that. And I wanted to create something where all women in InfoSec could come together so they never feel isolated. And that was like the number one goal for 2018 and 2019 was to let people know not to be isolated and here are some resources. So I met with Tanya at DEF CON in 2018 and her and I were talking and she was like, hey, I'm starting about, I was thinking about starting something like where you would have like these laid back networking events where women around the world can meet each other and it's free and we never charge for membership. And I'm like, I love that idea. And so, um, so basically from there, she connected me with Donna. So Donna is the other co-founder and basically, so they started in Canada and then I brought to the US in the Bay Area. And we did the kickoff for the Bay Area last year at RSA because RSA granted us free space, microphone, a stage. Yes. And it was the first time ever like we were like, okay, we're trying to open chapters now in the U.S. as well. And so then we started getting chapters. Now we have over 30 chapters around the world, awesome. um, which is fantastic. And it's it doesn't matter what your background on in InfoSec just know that you have a space and it is for those that identify as women. Sometimes we'll have like like uh, all genders are invited to certain events, uh, but sometimes like it's it's a necessity for have to those that identify as women to show up in a room and just hang out and be able to relax because there's there's a lot of women out there that have gone through some very terrible situations in the space. And so they need a safe space to be around each other. 
Um, Woman Hacker was, was created in end of May of, of last year, 2019. Um, I used to work at Bug Crowd and they had a report that uh, 4% of hackers identify as women. And I was like, well, that's not good. Um, we need to fix that too. Because I remember in sixth grade uh, in a computer science class and I went up to my teacher and I was like, I want to learn how to be a hacker. And my teacher's like, oh, that's so cute and adorable. But that's for boys. And oh I'm just my. like, excellent. This is what I need to hear. Um, so <laughs> then I went to poli-sci. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I basically was just like, I don't want anyone to not know of InfoSec as a place for them. And yeah. so Women Hackers was created in a sense because WOSEC is fantastic. But I also know that like we have a huge population of those that are non-binary that don't really have a place either. So um, basically I wanted to create something where anyone around the world could join that is non-binary and are women. And the reason for that was that I felt like there are people from all levels and they're in places where you, it's not okay to be a hacker and it's like impossible to find someone who will help mentor you or get you to workshops and be able to afford it. So basically I created Women Hackers as well to have like the sharing of resources, a community where it protects and you connect so you never feel isolated ever. And like I said, the key word of last year was isolation, like trying to make sure that no one feels alone, that they're in this together and to provide some really high technical workshops as well. And uh, then Women Unite over CTF was born. So and we have our second one uh, tomorrow. Um, and that's going to be really exciting. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that I'm personally really thankful that you've created these safe spaces because it is it is abysmal how many women it's better or right. female identifying and, and non-binary people are in the space but that's how we're going to be better as yeah. an industry in so many ways and so thank you for oh, doing that that's welcome i try my best <laughs> whenever i see an issue i'm like i'm going to fix it and then all my friends are like you're gonna be up till like two in the morning aren't you trying to figure out something maybe <laughs> But maybe I'll fix it <laughs> but i will find a way to fix it <laughs> oh my gosh that is very impressive oh thank thank god for people like yourself um <laughs> so um i don't want to pivot away from this too much go for it though. but something that you um that you're doing this week is you have a cool talk coming up at rsa around hackers rights and so what are maybe a few key takeaways from that right. talk that you'd like to share? So one thing I was thinking about, because when I worked at Bug Crowd, I was also working on pushing out Disclose.io, which is basically um, to push organizations to have a easy to read, understandable policy in place. Um, also contact information, because there are some of us that when we find some vulnerability, we want to report it, but who do we report it to? And then it spends hours and then it takes days. And then we're like, well, I mean, chances of me getting in trouble for submitting a vulnerability to someone, I don't know if I want to take that risk because 60% of the hackers that do find vulnerabilities don't report it because wow. they're scared. And so one of the things about this talk is how do we fix this situation? So we have laws in place right now that actually damage uh, ethical hackers and what they want to do and 
rescuing us every single day, being the everyday heroes. And I think that's really important is that we need to face, that we need to change the legislation. So how do we go about that? Is changing public awareness. So whenever we think of hacker, we think of that hoodie person, usually like a, a white male, you know, who's in his right. like teens, 20s, you know, lives in the basement, yep. <laughs> um, drinking Red Bull. That's true. Um, the Red Bull part is true. And sometimes we do wear hoodies. But the ski mask, I mean, it is hot and itchy. Like, I don't know anyone who wants to wear a ski mask in front of their computer. It's called, you just put a sticker over your, like, your camera and you don't have to worry about your face. Right. It's that easy, people. Like, let's think common sense. Um, so one of the things I noticed is that um, the talk itself is broken down to three parts. So one is legislation. So trying to change legislation, um, working also with organizations, um, organizations to put in place some vulnerability disclosure program. Um, that's really important. So like I was mentioning earlier, like to have a policy that's understandable because many hackers around the world, English is not their first language. So communication is going to be a little bit difficult, but also reading. I mean, I don't think anyone reads the terms and conditions from their iPhone updates anytime. So I don't think we should expect that from people where English is not their best language. Um, but the contact information, if there's rewards, what to expect. So that's I think that's really important to have um, is to not try to penalize someone who's trying to do good and trying to let you know you have a vulnerability that needs to be fixed. Um, so that's the other one. But most importantly, is also the media. So the whole thing about it is bringing public awareness to understand. And the media, it could be anything like marketing. There's a lot of companies at RSA that still use the imagery of, uh, of the hacker with the black hoodie <laughs> at night in front of a computer. And yeah, it's a male. It's always a male. It's always a white male. Wearing a, and sometimes with a ski mask. It's like the most annoying thing in the yeah. world. Because I'm like, that is not what every hacker looks like they look like everyday people and by everyday people i mean they look they look like you and i in the street whenever we're walking like no right. one sets off on that the only time i wear a hoodie in front of my computer is if like the heat's not working in my home <laughs> if it's women's winter yeah in the office. <laughs> yes exactly um winter's coming um so i mean it's it's one of those things so that's one of them the other is the other i'm of the media is also press. So mm -hmm. we still have uh, the press that always use the term hackers as something negative, when in reality, it's not something negative. Those are people that do bad things are criminals. And there's yeah. a difference between a hacker and a criminal. And so this talk basically brings all that to the front end of everything. And, and I'm also working on a petition that will be released at the end of this week um, on change.org. So people can sign it. You can send it to your loved ones, your friends, and be like, hey, try to support people that are trying to protect you. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, so that's the thing that I'll be doing during my talk. That's really cool. And I will make sure to share that, too, where these podcasts are hosted. Excellent. In, in any way that I can. Sign it. <laughs> it seems simple enough. Like, that seems it's totally reasonable. Easy. <laughs> to sign it. <laughs> Don't think. Just sign. Do it. And um, share it. Share it. Sign it. Mm -hmm. I need one more. I feel like it always has to be. I know. I'm, I'm trying to think of the third one. I think we're thinking the same way here. Like there's got to be. So uh, sign it, share it. And then I share it again. Share it again. Just keep sharing it yes. everywhere. That is kind of funny going back to what you're talking about with um, people who are doing ethical hacking or identifying these vulnerabilities that they have to use like social engineering or OSINT and like these tools that they use for their actual job and what they're doing that's good yeah. to go 
find the person yeah. to tell them what they need yeah. to improve. <laughs> or better, you, you contact the wrong people and then the vulnerability never gets fixed. Uh. Um, the other thing is like, if you do report a vulnerability, if you're in an organization, please keep in contact with that person because they're wondering, did they fix the bug or not? Right. And then you have a situation like Equifax where uh, the person discovered the vulnerability five, I think five or six months before um, the actual breach went down. So that's why it's important to keep people updated if they submit a vulnerability, especially if it's a zero day. That's super important. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's just kind, too, when somebody's yeah. gone out of their way yeah. to try to do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. person probably spent hours trying to contact them somehow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. And is there – I'm assuming there's probably a link to that talk potentially uh, that will yeah. happen after. So I'll be sure to share that here, yeah. too, if you want to. I'll definitely be I, watching Actually, it. I don't know if it's going to be recorded or not because <gasps> press is not allowed in, in this particular that talk. That is ironic. So we'll see. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> that is ironic. Um, Wait a second, is this by design? Or yeah. Is this- <laughs> um, but I, I am doing. There's a very special um, kind of, I guess, I don't know how to call it, and I forgot the term for it. But Diana Initiative is doing a fundraiser, um, basically with has a bunch of talks, and I'll be probably sharing some of the stuff from Hackers Rights Talks from RSA cool. um, on that. And that will be recorded and shared. Excellent. Yeah, I will share that link. Okay, Because also the Diana Initiative is awesome. Oh, oh yeah. If anyone's listening and you want to uh, give some money, um, WOSEC and Women Hackers, we've partnered up with Diana Initiative. We want to send um, nine or more uh, women to go and attend all of Las Vegas summer camp. So that That's means awesome. your black hat, your DEFCON and your Diana Initiative ticket would be all paid for, including airfare and hotel stay. So it That's costs awesome. roughly about 2000 per person to sponsor. So we are looking for sponsorships. That's really cool. And so um, for people that may be interested in signing up, do you just go to the Diana Initiative and is there like a yeah. scholarship form? Um, there's a scholarship form. Okay. Um, they've been tweeting it out. So yeah, you'd basically just fill it out, say why you want to go, make it very meaningful. Don't just say, I need to go for my career. Say why in particular Las Vegas week, what you're going to get out of it, and most importantly, why you need to attend each one of those conferences, and that's going to be a winner ticket in the end. Awesome. It's helpful advice, and definitely, if on the flip side, please be sure to go and donate money. Yes, yes. (laughs) If you are an organization listening to this and you care about women (laughs) in InfoSec, Please donate. <laughs> I feel like we're on NPR right I now. I know. I was I was trying to do something like that. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I always love that in Parks and Rec, how they, yeah. they play fun at that. I, I know. You have to have like that more of that very relaxing yeah. tone voice and just come up with like a really fanciful name like the J and J Schwartz Foundation. There we go. <laughs> that sounded pretty good. Thank you. I like that. I've been trying to hone the impression. I think I think yeah. <laughs> I, if I'm not listening to NPR or something like that, I, I love Radiolab. Ooh, that's like yes. one of my favorite podcasts is Radiolab. Mm. I really like it, and it's it's not infosec. So sometimes you need a break. Yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Could not agree more. <laughs> so I have another sort of non sequitur question for, for you. Um, and so we've talked. I might have brought this up earlier in the podcast. I can't remember, but the the new podcast. I was talking about it with Jonathan Sander, who I was interviewing right before uh-huh. you. Um, that you're doing with ITSP. Yes. Um, it's called The Uncommon Journey. Yes. Um, and you just had episode zero launch yes. very recently, yeah. right? And then we had an episode one that features Kitty Mazuris as well. 
So it, we have, we'll be coming out one every other week. And awesome. we have incredible people lined up uh, from all different takes. And the thing that we wanted to do, because Alyssa, Phil, and myself, we all come from very, very different background in InfoSec. Um, I mean, I worked in humanitarian work before, so it was never like InfoSec related. It was about like, how do we feed children around the world? How do we get them education? How do we get them quality healthcare? Right. Um, how do we stop child slavery and, and prostitution rings? Um, so that, that's the, and prostitution rings, I mean, human trafficked. Um, that was the thing that I was working a lot. So coming into InfoSec was a very different scene, um, but we all talk about how we had different perspectives because of what we experienced before coming into InfoSec. Um, and so we wanted to showcase everyone's journeys because we, we follow people all the time on right. Twitter and we're like, we just love what they do, but how did they get where they are? And I think that's really important because I think when people find out about other people's journeys and stories, sometimes it's relatable or sometimes it makes them think like, oh, I never thought about that. And that's why it's really important to like showcase that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll just say it means a lot to me. And I feel so lucky that I'm interviewing people like Alyssa and yourself that just it's just so inspiring because it makes everything seem realistic and doable. Um, and it's just also super badass on yeah. a personal note. So um, <laughs> that's that's wonderful. And something that you actually brought up in episode zero um, mm -hmm. with So Ava gave you some really awesome advice about yeah. being a woman in the field. Would you mind sharing some of the things that really resonated with you, if you're comfortable? Oh, uh, with with her? Yes, and her experience, yeah. So the one thing that I was really great to hear was how she's like, if they don't want to give you a salary boost or a title boost, just go somewhere else. And honestly, it's one of those things that I think as women, we're very scared to cause any situation. We're scared to make mistakes because will most likely get like fired or let go. And the thing we need to remember is that there are plenty of jobs. There's nonstop openings in InfoSec. So like you always will find a position for yourself. You just need to first get your foot in the door in InfoSec. And once you're in there, you're in there. Um, the hardest thing I think is first getting in when you've had no InfoSec background. Um, but it really resonated with me because I was someone who had a poli-sci background. She had a poli-sci background. But when she said that really made sense to me because I kept trying to do the best that I could, but it wasn't good enough sometimes. And so that was one of the things that really kind of touched me in a sense because I didn't even think about how much I was being like underpaid or like I had a title that didn't represent what I was doing. I was doing a lot more like executive work, but I was being stuck with a manager title. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a really hard part. So when I heard her talk about that, I was like, that's something I need to remember. Yeah. And so I always tell people, like, if you don't like where you're working, just message me and I'll give you a list of places that would love to have you. And also CyberSN does a really good job trying to find people and match them at the right companies oh, and InfoSec, cool. especially if it's their first time, they can help them out sometimes. Oh, that's awesome. And what I will say, because I know Twitter can oftentimes be the armpit of the internet. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the amount of just, uh, I love seeing all these women pumping each other up. Like mm -hmm. every Friday when the, the you know, oh, yep. FFs come through and everybody is just um, doing everything they can to help and support each other. 
I think is incredible. So yeah, definitely reach out. You can reach out to me too. And I'm not nearly as connected <laughs> as Chloe, but I am happy to be out there searching and, and trying to help in any way I can because people deserve to be paid what they're valued. Yeah. No yeah. question. Regardless of your gender, you should be getting paid the same yeah. amount. I feel like it's a it's a laughable thing. Because like this? do we have to say this out loud? I mean, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like if you think about it, like, okay, right. so I'm a little bit different doesn't make me anything less or more. It just makes me more frustrated because I want equal pay. Right. And I don't think I'm gonna get that in like until two hundred years or so, apparently in statistics these days. Uh, it's great because that means like if I have kids, um, I hope that their kids and then their kids and then their kids, um, someone gets equal pay eventually. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm looking wow. forward to that. Uh, those days that I will not be able to see, but I believe in them. I believe in them. And yeah, it's it's sad. I'm not going to lie. That's depressing stuff. <laughs> but there are people like you, I feel like, that are catalysts that yeah. are helping confront that and put that into the general mind space exactly um because it's it's painful to look at um i'm gonna i'm gonna say privilege and yeah realizing it, what that, it that definitely and i mean it's it's not even just about like the gender situation i also noticed that like in infosec they usually just expect you to be able to do everything and if someone leaves that they will like have you do everything and so burnout is really prevalent anxiety is very prevalent depression mm -hmm. is um so one of the talks that i'm going to be doing later today at b-sides las vegas is talking about that talking about like hey if someone has a broken leg you take that seriously right because it's yeah. a physical situation but the thing is a mental situation is just as heavy if someone's dealing with panic attacks throughout the day and they cannot go to work let them have that day home or better yet, check in with your team once in a while. Find out, like, how can I help you out? And really do help them. Don't just, like, sit there and, like, how can I help you? Yeah. Sounds like a customer service Right. Person. How can I help you? Um, Is the your other, employee number, please? Yes. Um. Uh, just take the number. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is, like, no one – no, it doesn't even – it's not even a gender thing. It's, like – you don't even want to report to HR because you're worried you're going to get fired. And this is like men and women and non-binary folks. It's just like, what do you do in those situations? And a lot of companies right now, they are not doing anything on mental health. And that's why it's so important like for mental health hackers to be around because they're like trying to push that forward, that messaging, but also is trying yeah. to bring resources because all of us have some sort of mental health situation. That's why we're in this field. I mean, you have to be overly anxious to be in this field because you have to be alert all the time on the edge of your seat um yes and burnout is just huge because it's all ours there's yeah that's how it is so yeah that's and i i bring this up annoyingly but it's something that i've heard so many times from people i've interviewed and spoken to of just like anxiety on behalf of the user like shared to grip always says that mm -hmm. and it's just this enormous level of empathy because yep. you're not doing it for yourself right it's yep. for these users and um i just want to call attention to that because that's that's a lot of emotional work that you're doing oh, yeah on this, for the sake of other people which is <laughs> incredible so um yeah that's that's huge and we're talking about the skills gap that's always a conversation right and oh yeah it's just as simple hopefully partly as simple as treating people well making yep. sure there's equity in your workforce yes. for all people being inclusive making a safe space like all things that yep. should just be fundamental to a job i agree <laughs> and have playtime playtime is really good to have yeah. um yeah i always say like you need to have creativity because when you're burned out you're gonna miss things 
So by having like breaks or figuring out what schedule works best for you is really important. And also for employers to be aware of that. Like sometimes people work better at night Mm -hmm. versus in the morning. Well, then let them, you know, do what they need to do. If they need to work from home, they're getting their work done. So be it. Like at the end of the day, as long as they're getting the work done, they're happy. That's good because you don't want an unhappy employee because they're either going to leave you or they're going to talk about it in a very bad way on social media. So you have an option here, which is just be nice to your employees, help them where they need to go and always ask, what do they want to do with their life? Like, what Mm -hmm. is their career goal? And then try to create some kind of path together and work with them one on one. It's like one of my favorite things to do is just doing one on ones and seeing whatever one can do to help out what they want to do in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I um I want to be respectful of your time and there's a question I like to ask at the end of each one of these interviews, okay. which is also to end, to end on the positive note that uh, okay. we started on. Um which sort of speaking to the the thankless part of infosec, just anybody if you want to name people that inspire you and that oh, geez. That's a lot of people. (laughs) Um, The reasons I don't do FF is because I wish I could just like copy and paste my entire like following list and like put it on there Um, because every single person somehow has uh, touched me and some touch is probably not a good word to say, but I mean like they're the people that have made sure that like I am where I am today. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the community, just in general, just having like conversations like you and I are doing like those are there's gonna be moments where I'm gonna have some takeaways. I'm like, oh, I need to work on this. And then I usually connect with another person. I'm like, how can we fix this? Um, So I mean, honestly, just if you can out there, like follow everyone you possibly can. If anyone inspires you, follow them, reach out to them. Um, because the one thing I learned about InfoSec is that we really do have like an open door kind of thing where we want to help each other out. We want to see each other succeed in life and we are very supportive. And that's the one thing that keeps me here is because I've never met a community like that before. That's, that's a really pleasant sentiment. Thank you for sharing Ah, that. You're most welcome. (laughs) It's completely honest. So, (laughs) well, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a good show. Stay safe and stay hydrated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering when the rain's going to come. Like usually when it's like this hot in San Francisco, I'm like, rain is going to come, right? (laughs) No, we're heading into another drought, seems like, which is great. (laughs) Yes, this is a sunscreen necessary time. It yeah. is very warm. I was not expecting that. Yeah, but. it ma- it makes it easier for picking out your outfits, um, unless true. you brought a lot of wool and cashmere here. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so oh, much. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Anytime. And be sure to tune in to the ITSP podcast. And um, I'm going to include links to these resources at the bottom of the podcast. Excellent. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>